Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. There's Corey, there's Ira, and this hour is brought to you by our friends at Register Sausages. Yay, sausage. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just contribution to the, uh, to the sausage promo. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, you know what? I love that they have come on board and sponsored. It's, it's a meaningful sponsorship. It, it's, uh, it brings a smile to my face. But you know what else brings a smile to my face? <laughs> the joy that people have responding to this sponsorship on Twitter and social media outlets, man. We get sent sausages, photos yeah. of sausages every day these days. It's great. Good times. Yeah. Not just sausages, but but register sausages That's and correct. lots of puns. Which Corey, nobody loves a pun more than Corey. So Corey's enjoying it for sure. That's true. That's true. It, it can again with with sausage. It can it can veer into dicey territory really quickly. Yeah. But um, I love people were having victory sausages. Well, it was it wasn't they weren't victory sausages. They were didn't lose sausages. Yeah, yeah. The bye was a the win. bye week was a win. You didn't lose, so that's a that's a, that's a good chance to have a victory sausage and. Look, I, I feel like uh, I feel like we need some more Ira. I feel like he needs to ship us some more. I know that's on the agenda. Sure, you could say, "Why don't you go to Publix and buy some, Corey?" <laughs> which, which I actually have done. But you're right. We uh, a little re up, a little re up uh, to use the uh, vernacular from the wire would uh, might hit the spot. <laughs> yeah. By by the way, Ira, I could use uh, a first time gift of sausages. I've never. What? Re- mine yeah and, um, I, we, and, we cut you out because you said you're not down with the red meat right now 
I don't eat it, but my kids eat the hell out of it. Oh, they'll love it. It really is good. Yeah, yeah, man. And I cook it for breakfast for them. I don't make everybody adhere to my strict standards, Ira. I I allow others to enjoy (laughs) their life. Um, And so, so, you know, look, my kids eat whatever the hell they want. Same with my wife. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Ben was disappointed. He wanted to, so Corey and I just we we took it upon ourselves to eat yours, but we yeah. will not ne- next time we get a re-up. Guys are willing to make. I appreciate that. <laughs> next time we get a re-up. Uh but yeah, it's registermeats.com if you want to order it. If you live in the southeast, you know, Florida, the panhandle, down towards central Florida, you can get it in a lot of different stores, grocery stores. Uh, but you can also order it, uh, which a lot of people have told us they've done through registermeats.com. Ben's a great guy. Local guy, FSU fan, support registered meats, and they're really good. We it's the yes. similar headlines guarantee. Like we don't we don't support Nonsense. companies that that give it no. subpar stuff. This is good good sausage. Oh, the there only you go. there's a, there's another slogan. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good this sausage. Good, this is good good sausage. Uh, the only substandard thing we cover on this show is the football. Is the that's team the itself? Yeah, I, I was thinking the same exact thing as he was talking. <laughs> We would never, we would never talk about inferior products. Hey, hey, you know, I did something last night that I never do. I watched the coaches' show uh, with with uh, Coach Norvell and Tom Block. Um, no offense to either; it was as boring as I remember it. Um, it was, uh, it was what it was. But uh, that said, I did tune in. I guess maybe a weekend without Florida State football left me yearning. Hey, he's a uh, man. Norvell is starting to talk at a Jimbo clip. Especially you know, on that I show. Wanna, I want to reach out to him via Seminole Headlines right now. Uh, you got to slow down, man. We're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. We can't afford to fire you. And listen, we have to cover the team. So the bottom line is take your time, dude. It's okay. We're not rushing. The time slot you're on the air with Tom Block is fixed. It's going to take that much time no matter how quickly you talk. So feel free to relax and let's just yeah. do this thing. We don't have to talk a mile a minute. The the IMG guys aren't going to come in and go, okay, coach said he's going to give us 2,700 words. Yeah, he's, time to leave. He, he's done. First five minutes, we're out. No, <laughs> I need him to settle down. It's okay. Nobody's pushing you. Nobody's like, hey, man, let's go. Look at the watch. Nobody's doing that. Let's just chill out because it makes it seem like you're hiding something. When you talk that fast and and you go from non sequitur to non sequitur the way that Jimbo did, and then your eyes begin to dart, it's like, okay, (laughs) now we know what's going on here. He's uncomfortable. Don't give us that impression. Relax. You've got an undertaking here. I got you, man. This thing's a mess. It's clearly going to take a little while. But nobody's in denial about that. Corey gets the uh, pleasure of Corey gets the pleasure of being our uh, war chant courtroom stenographer. How's how's the pace? How's the pace compared but to? Uh, he's still it's still uh, there's no way I could have done it with Jimbo. He's still got a, he's still a little slower than Jimbo. But yeah, I, you know we at Seminole headlines we don't like our coaches to be fast talking and shifty eyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's we can slow it down just a little bit. Like it's funny when you said that because Leonard Hamilton, God love him, like he he's a he's a, uh, the easiest person in the world to transcribe. He'll talk so slow at times that somebody will start asking another question yes. when he's in the middle of a thought. I've done and that. Then, yeah, and then he's, he keeps going with his what he was going to say. <laughs> it's okay to do that, Mike. It's okay. We, it's like it's like Norvell's trying to cram everything. No, this is what we're trying to do. Trust me, this is what we're trying to do. It's like, all right, man, we, we got it. We, it's a slow go. It's a slow go. 
Just just finish yeah. your sentence. Finish just, your thought. Hey, Ira, to your point, what I think is weird is it's gotten faster as the year's gone on. I'm like, I, the weight of this is really catching up to him. I don't know if it yeah, I don't know if it's the weight of it. It definitely is sped up. I, I don't know if it's that or if it's just the frustration. You know, you, you watch him talk. There are certain times when he's talking about something that's going wrong, uh, whether it's you know, winning one-on-one battles or right, whether it's, right. you know, where he's, he could see the angst in his jaw. Like he's, like he's chewing out the words. Like he's so, cause he's thinking about what he just saw at practice or what he saw at games. So I think, and I want, you know, as we all did during the coaching search, we all went and watched him talk at his previous stop. And, uh, you know, he's always been kind of a high energy guy, but he didn't talk quite like this. I think he was much more relaxed you know, he had that program rolling. Um, so I think it's probably a combination of anxiety, being in this type of position, but then also just being frustrated that things aren't the way he wants them to be. But Leonard, back to your point about Leonard, the awesome thing about Leonard is I literally think he speaks slowly because he thinks we need, like, we're going to get confused if he doesn't. Like, listen, <laughs> you non-basketball people, I'm going to try to explain this as slowly yeah. as possible, so you might be able to understand what I'm trying to say, which is I, I, think, I like. I think it's because Leonard is about 92, 93 years old. <laughs> and one of the things that happens, not just because he's older, he's remembering a time where you were literally writing the quote out in your pad. That's true. So that you could use it for your story. Before recording devices. Before recording <laughs> devices. So he's just sure. remembering. So he's trying to make time for Ira and Corey to write out that yeah. quote succinctly yeah. and accurately. He's just being considerate. Uh, he's taking it back to the 1950s and, and how we used to report. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing Leonard. I'm teasing. But I've done it on my show when I have him on. I'll feel like he's made a valid point. He's expressed himself clearly. It's time to move on to the next thing. I'll start to ask the question. I'll go, nope. so, and then we he goes back to finish. I'm like, damn, cut him off for the third time in the same question. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not, yeah, you're not doing that to old Norvell. Um, yeah, you know, but but I did think the press conference yesterday was good. What did you think of the uh, the press conference? Did you, I'm sure you watched the press conferences yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I, thought they yeah, were, yeah. I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was, um, you know, I just thought he, you know, I, it seemed to me, and we'll see how it looks on Saturday. He and Kenny Dillingham both seem to be pretty excited about what the offense is doing overall, especially coming out of the bye week. I mean, I think they really feel like this was good for Jordan, not just from a health standpoint, but also from really taking some time to really understand what he's doing on the with the offense. So I, I hope, yeah. man. I don't know that I trust anything anymore. I, I guess we'll see. I well, mean, they're going up. I mean, they're going up against a, a really good defense, and a defense is going to bring a ton of pressure, but. I did feel like, um, you know, again, I just thought, I thought I thought Norvell seemed very confident talking about Travis particularly, um, which I think is a good sign because he he's the whole thing. I mean, and Pat Narduzzi said it yesterday in his press conference. He's like, he goes, man, I love that number thirteen. He's like, he's he's they've found their guy now, um, and so I, if he's healthy and he's in a better place, that's a really good sign. Yeah, and it helps this defense that they're not going against an explosive offense, and they've got problems with injuries, in particular at the quarterback position. I'm hearing he's throwing the ball, but he can't move at all. So if that's the case, then he probably doesn't start. And, you know, this is not exactly an explosive pit offense. If this defense can't stop this offense, we've got some problems, and we do have some problems. I was going to so. say, the problems are there already. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, what, what, hold him to under 400 yards. That'd be, Is that a win? Fair goal. Yeah, that's a fair goal. What's the point total there, guys? What do you say, uh, under 28? <laughs> the thing, to hold the, Pitt? Yeah. Oh, for the – yeah, I mean – yeah, that, that's what you're looking for. Although, I mean, the, yeah. The thing is that, you know, they didn't have them against Miami. They still scored 19 points. They only scored three against Notre Dame. But their whole offense has been the pass. I mean, Mark Whipples, remember him from Miami? Yes, He's I their did. offensive coordinator now. And all they do is throw the ball. And they were having some success earlier in the year throwing the football, but their quarterback went out and they haven't been able to throw it the last two weeks. If he doesn't play, man, it, if he if he doesn't play and they give up 400 yards and 28 points to Pitt, I mean, then what? What, what, are, we what are we doing here? We, we are, what are we doing here? We're the cure to what ails you. Yeah. Uh, on, on our defense will make anybody's offense look like they know what the hell they're doing. That's why that Pitt quarterback's like, I can play, coach. I can promise. But you can't move. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter against these guys. Just snap me the ball. I'll get it. I'll get it to where it needs to be. I mean, they Not run. They they run for like three yards a carry, less than hundred yards a game. I mean, if if Florida State, if they run for 180, 200 yards against Florida State, man, it's just gonna. There's nothing to say. I mean, there's just at that point, there's just nothing to say. There's already so, not a lot to say. It is very difficult to watch each week. There's a lack of cohesion. I hope they kind of get sound at some point. Just just be sound when the back end does something that relates to what the front end is doing, and it makes some damn sense. Several headlines. Ninety seven ninety. It's been radio continues. In a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so I think that's the goal. I mean, if you if you go to this game and you look like you have a, a, a clue, uh, it would be nice. You know, Florida State, I know you guys on Warchant.com uh, did a little roundtable about what your expectations are moving forward. And you look at that schedule and, you know, Pitt, NC State, we're going to skip over that Clemson game. I'd advise not playing that game. Um, Virginia and Duke are all winnable games. I don't know that we think they'll win all those games, but they are certainly eminently winnable games. And you better be competitive in every one of the four I just mentioned. Not not the Clemson game, but the other four. You can't afford to just like get your doors blown off by any of the teams I just named because, I'm sorry, NC State's awful with their quarterback situation now. Uh, obviously, Pitt situation we just described. If you watch Duke and Virginia play this year, you're not overly impressed. So, I mean, damn it, man. You should not get you know, blown out in any of those games at all. No, I mean, Virginia is the most – no, you definitely shouldn't. Um, and, you know, and I think it's a bad sign if you can't win at least two, maybe three of those games. But Virginia is the one that concerns me the most right now. I mean, they're, they're, that running game they've gone to where they use, they, they use like four different quarterbacks – um, but it's just, I mean, it's a monotonous, boring, it's like watching Virginia's offense in basketball, but, but man, they will, they're committed to running the football, uh, in every down and distance. And, uh, that's probably not a great sign for FSU. None of this is a great sign for FSU. Just it, the defense. I just, I, I have a hard time even wanting to talk. I, it's hard to talk about. It's just hard to talk about. Uh, it's you, 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 you can't win all four of these games with a defense as bad as you have. You can't. You, you just your defense is going to let you down at least well they're going to let you down probably in all of them but they're going to be so bad in a couple of them that the offense can't keep up that's my theory hopefully this bye week switching leonard warner to the fox position changes everything <laughs> changes everything yeah the um 
the part about this defense is going to let you down. I like that you caught yourself when you said probably let you down in the course of these games. And yes, all of them, they're going to yep. let you down in every one of the games. It's the magnitude and the degree to which they let you down that decides whether or not you have a chance to win a football game. They let you down to some extent in the North Carolina game, but not enough to lose the game. So right. it's one of those things where, okay, they're going to let you down. There's going to be a possession where you're like, hey, there's a, there's a case of another guy running wide the hell open. Look at that. That's terrible. But if we don't do it in succession, like it doesn't happen two or three plays in a row or two or three drives in a row, you buy yourself some time for this offense to get out there and make plays. And to Iris' point earlier, obviously, if Jordan Travis is healthy, they will make plays on offense. Now, I do think it's important, though, uh, and we, we talked about it the last time before the Louisville game, I suggested teams were going to begin to adjust to make Jordan Travis throw the ball. A couple things. He was injured. Clearly, he didn't want to run. That helped aid that uh, that effort. But teams are going to do that. Pitt is actually equipped to do something about it and try to make him throw the ball. He's got to be healthy. And then, moreover, you really got to hope Tamori and Terry can play because this is a ordinary, subpar, pretty pretty far below average receiving core once you get past Tamori and Terry. You know, the thing is, it's not even just – and Corey's writing a column about the receivers. It's not flattering. It's not uh, glowing. Is it just called dropped? <laughs> the, it's called uh, WTF. <laughs> you know, it's not just like by Florida State standards. It's not like, no, okay, this, is, this isn't like, we're not like, oh, why can't it be like the 90s receivers? This is, this, or why can't it be the Fab Four? This is, watch other college football teams on Saturday. I think I texted you guys or I texted Corey over the weekend. Like every game you watch on college football, there's fast guys at receiver that like make plays with the ball. They make plays on the ball and they make plays with the ball. They go up and catch it. They fight for it. They make <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where, how this is the state of Florida. How does Florida state first of all, only have eight scholarship receivers, but if Tamari and Terry's not playing, like nobody can make, there's nobody that makes a play. It's, it is the most grinded out passing game that you've ever seen. It's uh, you know, I, I looked it up for that column. Um, you know, Willie Taggart had two recruiting classes that he was a part of. His his entire recruiting classes out of two years, and we're in year three now of what those guys being on campus, have scored a grand total of 11 touchdowns. Willie Taggart's recruiting classes are responsible for 11 total touchdowns in 31 games. And that's not just receivers. That's skill position players. Yeah, that's all, but it, yeah, it's skill position players too. So he, did, he didn't have a running back that did anything. Anthony Grant, I think, was the only running back he brought in, and he ain't here. A, he didn't. He might have he, committed to Jimbo. He didn't sign a receiver in 2019. In 2018, the receivers were Warren Thompson, Jordan Young, Keyshawn Helton, Demarcus Adams, and Treshawn Harrison. Two of them aren't here anymore. Another one's Warren Thompson. And you have Jordan Young, who's done nothing. And Keyshawn Helton's the only one. Keyshawn Helton has six touchdowns. The rest of Willie Taggart's signees combined have five. And three of them were by Treshawn Harrison, who's not here anymore. Cam and McDonald. The- Cam McDonald had two. That's it. They, they, the, they, uh, they did sign one receiver last year, Goolsby, but he ended up not coming to Florida State. He's like so playing pro baseball or something. The, the problem is it's there's not even like a bunch of young guys you're excited about. Like maybe these three guys that are on the team now, the young guys, the Robinson and, and Portier and Williamson might be good. But if they were good, I see it all the time. There are freshmen around the country that contribute right away. These guys can't even get on the field with this receiving core. So that doesn't portend of great things down the road. Now, that they could make giant steps. I'm not saying they can't. 
but they it's hard for them to even get on the field right now with this nonsense. So that doesn't make you feel great when Tamarian leaves. I do think this all illustrates the larger point. We're in for the long haul here. This is not a quick fix. They're, they've got to flip this roster for a lot of reasons. One of which is I think you have some guys on this team that aren't bought in and aren't going to buy in, uh, just kind of riding it out. You got some other guys that simply aren't good enough. And then you've got, you know, obviously you got to bring in players. You got to find a recruiting class. You got to do something at a time of COVID. This is the most unique year. You're starting from scratch in a lot of ways. And the guys you have that are coming back, as you just got done describing, aren't very good. So you're lacking talent. It's harder now to recruit. The situation is not ideal. And the guys you do have coming back can't play. <laughs> and, you know, and, and look, Florida's loaded, always loaded. The state of Florida is loaded with receivers. Um, they've got, I think, three of the top five in the country at, at, that are in this state or three of the top six. Well, two of them are going to Alabama. Three of the top nine, three of the top five in the state wide receivers, according to rivals, are go, all, have all signed with Alabama or committed to Alabama. The other two have committed to Clemson and Oklahoma. You, you've got to start locking down the elite talent in this state. Now, I know Alabama's been coming in here for years and getting uh, the best receiver, whether it's Amari Cooper. Calvin Ridley's from Florida, too, right? Yeah. When yeah, he's from Florida? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they don't have to get all of them. Literally, they get everyone they want, it seems. When they want a receiver in the state of Florida, except for Keith Gavin, you won that battle. That's it. That's the last time you beat Alabama for a receiver in this state. And you've got – he, and that's, that's on these coaches this year. Start showing these guys around the state that this is a, an offense for playmakers. But the playmakers have to go make plays. Yeah, they give them chances. If you don't, yeah, but here's the problem, Corey. It's difficult to do if you don't have players that can make plays. Yeah. So you can you can you can put them in position to make plays. And by the way, I think both of all three of us would agree we've seen lots of plays that could be made. Yeah. Yeah. That simply are not made every weekend. I mean, there are just listen, you mentioned Helton. I mean, God dog. How many balls are you going to drop? Um, it's it's brutal. Uh, it, yeah, he they, dropped two touchdowns in that Louisville game, probably. Yeah. One for sure. The other one might have been a touchdown. Chubba Purdy hits, hits him for a touchdown for sure. I, I Listen, it, and it's not just that he drops those. I mean, other players, Ontario Wilson and others, I mean, those drops lead to picks. They've got – you've got to make plays when they're there. It's not like you have a prolific passer at quarterback, man. If he hits you, you got to catch the damn ball. It's well, even if he doesn't hit you. He's not going to put it on your numbers every time. That's not what he is. His his maybe no. later in his career he can develop into that. He's not that guy now. If he gives you a one on one opportunity, you are allowed to go jump over someone and make a catch, mm-hmm. or to go back to the quarterback and, and beat the DB to the ball and make a catch. And after you make a catch, maybe make someone miss. That happens all <laughs> over the country every yeah. week. Yeah, but that's what's so frustrating, man. They they just they're they're not pedestrian. Doesn't even do it. Uh, maybe it was just – it's just because they were so bad in the Louisville game. No, they were. They were. And, and there's a little bit of an out. It's, I'm, it's hard to even give it to them because we've seen them drop passes earlier this season. Um, but I do feel like the whole team, the psychology of that team, once they fell into a hole, one week after beating North Carolina and thinking they're back and feeling all good about themselves, to get – to be down 21 points, 24 points, whatever, that quickly against Louisville – I think they were shell-shocked, and I think they had a hard time coming out of that. Not excusing it, but I do think that that's what's ha- what happened in that game. But from a bigger-picture standpoint, though, don't you think that the fact that they're dealing with a, a very young and rebuilt offensive line, 
They've got a kid at quarterback that's played four games. Uh, they've got um, Terry's, you know, some, been some, some, so, Terry's been out. A lot of pedestrian wide receivers and running backs who are pretty good, but not special. And they put together an offense that for most of the last month yeah, has looked pretty, month. Looked pretty yeah. good. So that should give you, if you're a Florida State fan, man, if they get some talent, yeah, uh, I mean, this could look like what Memphis looked like. No, I was just about to say that. I actually think most Florida State fans listening to this are saying, guys, don't worry about the offense. I mean, it's not perfect. We got issues. It is what it is. But we can see the plan. We can see the execution occasionally. We know there's something there. They're more concerned with this defense, which just floats around and does a whole lot of nothing. Dudes just occupy space. They don't really play football. And it's uh, that part of it is troubling. I will say it's not unique to Florida State. I know people don't like to deflect. But there's no way in the world that we should be seeing what we see at LSU right now. And they just won the national title. Um, Their defense, by every statistical measure, is worse than Florida State's. I don't know how that's possible, but it is. See the oddities of a a unique season. Um, But but you've got to show some semblance of progress at some point this year for us to begin to think things can be better next year on defense. You know what I think they should start doing, like the social media team for FSU? Just start tweeting out pictures and videos and graphics, making it look like they're badasses on defense. <laughs> just totally ignoring reality. Right. Just, like, put out Raymond Woody, you know, waving the finger. You know, put make out, it up. Out, yeah. It, up. it works just like president. Just fake news. Yeah. Just, just start tweeting out just, bit like, the, the one big hit of the season. Which was, yeah. I think, uh, Lars would be in the, the crossing route. Yeah, and just like replay it forty-five times. Yeah, in like no, like no fly zones. Act like it's a different play. Come and then, <laughs> Black there, and white. Yeah, color. yeah, and then play different music underneath it, and then from there, actually, from there, like kind of zoom in on a slow motion of him walking around like a stalker, like he's badass, even though he never missed, made a play in his life. And then you cut over to some other guy making a tackle and you play really intimidating like Slayer or something like that. And you have blood dripping from the face mask. You're like, this is who we are. And I mean, <laughs> I mean it eight, would take – They have eight sacks. If they yeah, – all they do. eight sacks they from have, different angles. That's, that's, that's three minutes right there. Pitt, Pitt, by the way, has 31 sacks this year. Florida yeah. State has eight, but that's fine. But, yeah, you could take – it would take a couple of days, but you could put together a montage of them at practice – Painting them up, uh, making them look like the Road Warriors. Yeah, maybe some something out of Mad Max. Yeah, just just the, a hellscape. Florida State defense, come at your own risk, and just do that for a couple of days instead of practice. They would enjoy it more. It would be a better product to see. All the mentions in the tweets would be like. What the hell? You guys yeah. are the worst defense. And just ignore it all. Don't just even don't, just turn the comments off. Don't even let them comment. I think you can do that with tweets. Don't even let just people send, comment. Just send them out to recruits. This is who we yeah. are. We create a dystopia for the opposing offenses. <laughs> and then put a national ranks in defense and put like Florida State number two. Yeah. And then really tiny at the bottom, say 1998. Yeah. yeah. 1998 st- NCAA stats. But they That's won't read that. 1997. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should do it. I like it. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So we've got a plan, man. I like to hear it already. We're just, in segment two, we came up with a bona fide plan because we know that we're not going to get up to put, you know, we don't have the opportunity to put the plaque in. 
that we thought no, we were going to have. That ain't happening. That's not happening this year. It doesn't look like we can rebound from this rough start, guys. So that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a toughie. I don't think it's going to turn around. But uh, – but we 93rd, I think they're 93rd right now, maybe in total defense. They got to leapfrog a lot of people, Corey. It's yeah. Tough. It's like when you're in a division, you're playing pretty well, but there are six teams ahead of you. So many things have to happen. You're right. You're yeah. right. The other teams have to play poorly, even yeah. as you rise up and hold teams to. Even you're gonna get four shutouts in a row. It might not matter. Might not matter <laughs> because you fell down early on. It's like I try to explain to my kid. You know, listen, I got it. You got all A's on these other tests, but that 52. Yeah, you were dead and buried. You got to study for every test, son. Not just can't turn it on at the end of the semester. You can't. That's that's how you ended up with that B because you just effed off on the one. You got to yeah. always be locked in. That's exactly what I was thinking back to because my my uh, middle daughter Alexa's starting a college application process, Woo. and so she's looking at her class ranking and all that. And I was thinking back to when I got mine at the end of my junior year of high school. I got my class rank and my GPA, and I was like, holy. <laughs> uh, it was it was it was not very good, but I did want to go to college. So man, I killed it. My first two nine weeks, they said the first half a year, your senior year counted. So I killed it, man. I got all A's and one B both nine weeks. My dad couldn't believe it. He's like, "Who are you? What, who, what, is- who, what kid is this?" <laughs> and uh, it raised my GPA like point two or yeah, something. Yeah, because yeah. I had I had three years of just crap. And uh, so, yeah, you can't make it up that quickly. Is, is you know, the but point. back when all three of us went away to college, you could get into college. You could like True. get into college with a 3.4 and people would be like, yeah, that's great. You have a 3.4 now. They're like, Juco time for you, young yeah. man. Yeah, good this. luck. <laughs> Maybe go to a trade school. <laughs> Maybe learn how to weld. Yeah, 3.4 ain't cutting it. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it used to be when when college was both affordable and something you could get into. Yeah, sustainable, yeah, those affordable. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, as far as like what can what can we expect or what can we what are you hoping to see from this defense going forward? I do think they made some changes. I mean, he mentioned the Leonard Warner change. That was the only change Norvell was willing to discuss. Uh, it sounds like they may have made a couple other position changes as well. Um, the only one that I'd really like to see. I mean, obviously. The crown jewel for this situation would be if, Ham- if, Ham- if, yeah. Sam- if Hampson came back and played. Um, and what that would do is maybe you could move Jane Lord- Lars Woodby to a more of an outside linebacker role. That would be a plus. Um, you know, but other than that, I don't know. Would it, would it, I'm not sure there's any other good changes that you can make uh, that are going to help this defense. I mean, the, the DBs struggle to make the play, struggle to make plays in man or zone. So I don't know that moving guys around is going to change a whole lot. Uh, your defensive line personnel is pretty much what it is. Your linebacker, I mean, unless you move, would be this linebacker and getting Hamza to play and Travis J if he's full speed. Those are really the only changes I can see that would do much for this defense. Being able to set the edge would help the defense. Yeah, but I mean, who's who's going to do that? I mean, I guess they got to try to do it in order for it to happen. There you go. There you, you go. Att- you got to attempt to do it. In order for you, you know, to have a chance at completing the task, I, I, I marvel. I, you know, we were making we, <laughs> we were making fun yesterday uh, on the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show. Uh, Tom brought up uh, what was that kid's name? Featherston. Um, oh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Featherston. Yeah, remember that like, kid? Just all he crash. Remember like, all he would do was crash down the line. And well, he weighed like he weighed like two hundred and ten pounds. He weighed two ten, and he would just shoot straight down the line. And he had the one game where he played well. Yeah. And, and like, it was like NC State. Didn't he have like yeah. he forced the fumble and oh, yeah, he, yeah, he had like sacks. two sacks. Yeah. yeah. 
And then and Jimbo declared he was going to be a superstar. And the next thing I knew, he was like sweeping at McDonald's. We never even saw him again. He was like, off what the, the team. He, I don't think he even played before year, right? He, he had some injury issues. I think he had a, a knee. Um, and he weighed 210 pounds. He had a knee and he didn't play really well. And once people realized that you could just fake the inside and go to the outside and he was crashing, that was yeah. the end of his career. Yeah. I forgot all about that kid. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of when I watch this defense. The he was, uh, he was six, willingness to set the edge. Six seven two twenty. Yeah. That's what Lightning you're looking quick for. When he crashed, though. Lightning quick when he crashed, Tony. Yeah. Jimbo declared him a superstar. Yeah, he uh, did that a few times. Uh, um yeah. God, so who else? Was, there was a linebacker that they signed. I think he ended up. Uh, um, what did he end up doing? I think he got it kicked out for stealing a scooter. Do you remember oh, this? Yeah. This was oh uh, Nigel was Carr. Nigel Carr. I think. No, it was after him. It was like a in oh, the mid- oh oh the kid from uh, South Florida. Yeah, I know you're talking about uh, from we Miami. Had a rash of scooter stealings. Yeah, there was it was a yeah like it was a big scooter bandits. that guy's story was the best because he said he was in he the back of a truck and he was like, "Why are you even there? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to steal this scooter? Look at you! You just leave said- the back of your truck." <laughs> For anybody so just to come and take it, take yeah. out of the cab. So you know you're walking, into, you're walking into Publix or wherever, and somebody's got a super, uh, really, a really, really nice top end Mercedes convertible, and they leave the top off. I'm always like, "What are you doing? Do you want me to steal your Mercedes?" Well, apparently, you do. My man would have said, "Yes, they're begging you to yeah. steal that Mercedes." <laughs> but Jimbo was like, "Oh, he's gonna yeah. be because they had missed out on a couple of big time linebackers, and they signed that kid, like big, Arrington, like five star." Arrington Jenkins was his name. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, oh Arrington yeah, Jenkins. Is, right. Arrington Jenkins is better than all of them. Yeah. Arrington Jenkins is gonna be better than all of them." And that didn't end up happening. Hey, either. by by the way, who was the kid that stole the iPad and then used it on campus, and they found out where he was because he logged in? That that might have been Nigel Carr. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. Like, I mean, Cam Newton. Cam Newton was the laptop. Oh wait, or no wait, I think he was. I that was a, that might have been Avis Comac. There was two kids from that school that uh, that school in Jacksonville that both got popped for things. Yeah. I'll, I'll do some research while you guys yeah. keep making fun hey, of make them. Make sure because we you could be besmirching Nigel Carr every two seconds over here, and turns out he he had an unblemished record. Ira, that, that is not correct. He didn't, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to continue to do that and have to circle back and apologize profusely to Nigel. Well, we don't want to go down the list of any <laughs> arrests. Yeah, Nigel Carr definitely arrested uh, for burglary. And I'll look up Avis Comac, but I think I may be besmirching Avis Comac. Okay, well, just make sure we get the credit out there where it's due to those that stole laptops and, and iPads. Hey, what would you think of uh, Dan Mullen on Saturday night? Oh, yes, let's talk about that. So Dan Mullen was doing Dan Mullen things. This is the clown that he's proven himself to be. He's a really good football coach, but that's where the descriptors stop. I mean, other than the things that you can make fun of. Uh, Avis Comac was the iPad. So now you are. Car, yeah, I, I nailed them both. I know my Well, you are from. all over guys that steal a scooter and iPad. <laughs> yeah. Man, got that. Yeah. So Dan Mullen, my, the, my favorite part about that whole thing was after the game, he basically said he was, he was, he was the peacemaker. <laughs> and and the the quarterback said Trask said it was a great it was great for our team because it got us to all rally together we were all fired up together and the video clearly shows Mullen starting the whole thing and after yeah. the game their players are saying how what it was a great thing it was and how the 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 t- coaches told the team at halftime like this is this is going to be what 
Like, we're going to rally together from this. Like, we've got each other's back, blah, blah, blah. Dan Mullen clearly was using that as a tool to, to get his players to fight, but then afterwards said he was the peacemaker when obviously he wasn't. And their players, it was just, it was just, it was so poor for, and for it to happen on top of what happened with the Texas A&M game and him demanding 91,000. I mean, what, that guy's just a complete tool. He always has been. And he's revealed that numerous times. I think it's just in a larger spotlight now that you're the head coach in Florida. The thing is, it's it it doesn't undo the fact that he really does find a way to move you know the football pretty consistently, no matter where he coaches. And oh, no doubt. He's a really good offensive mind, and he and he recruits to a system, and and he finds a way to make it work. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a doofus. I mean, that's the best way to say it. he's just a doofus. Every time I see him, I want to laugh at him because he's a clown. But he's a good football coach. Yeah, you you can be both. See, did, you see him, did you see him dancing with his Darth Vader costume in the locker room? And like the players are all just like, it's like really it's not, cringy. It, the players are just kind of like not even watching him. Make it and stop. Then, <laughs> and then at the end, like one of them, like just starts like laughing at him. If Norvell came into a post game <laughs> wearing a Darth Vader outfit or like Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi, if he came in dressed like that with with the gold bikini and the in yeah. the air, um, would you give him like a courtesy laugh? Or would you sit there stone-faced like, what am I? Because I think eight or ten years ago, if Jimbo had come in wearing a Darth Vader outfit, I might have given a courtesy laugh. But now I'm too old and the world is what it is. I would just sit there stone-faced and be like, why are you, what is this? Why are you doing this? I, don't, don't subject me to this. I don't, I don't want to partake in this nonsense. It depends on the coach's personality, and if it's well, in Mullen line, too, yeah, yeah, it depends. And you know, is that are you in line with what? Is this something you would have done before? Have you constantly been sort of a goofball, right? But endearing and all that. If you're like not, if Mike, that, yeah, yeah, Mike Leach had showed up like that, and people would just kind of, oh, that's Mike Leach. Mike Leach should show up as a number zero. Uh, they can't score. <laughs> he should hide his face. Life. It's embarrassing. He's crushing uh, it after the LSU game. He's he's. It's like, oh, he's figured the SEC out. Good luck, guys. Yeah, for six hundred yards. Here's the thing, Mike. Everybody goes for six hundred yards and forty plus points on LSU. Who do that. Everybody. Seminal headlines. Ninety-seven nine. ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour soon to get to your questions, headliner questions forthcoming, and uh, we hope you're well on this election day. Try not to stress out too much. Do your thing. You can only do your part. You can participate. Hopefully everybody's doing that, obviously, or they've already done it. And then go for a long walk. The three of us were discussing the rest of the day. It's a beautiful day. Almost Mm -hmm. anywhere in the state of Florida or Georgia in the southeast right now, go for a good long walk. Listen to the birds. Think about your life. Yeah, Hopefully it's it's going okay. And maybe if, don't uh, even check in. Don't even check into uh, society no, for ten o'clock tonight. Give it a look see, and then call it a day. And then maybe yeah, just just kind of go off the grid. If Jimbo had dressed up in a costume, what would it have been? Like I, I'm in something bare chested. I think is what a coal uh, miner. Ooh, I was thinking like uh, I think a coal miner like too close. Bra- to Bra- Braveheart is kind of what I was thinking. I think he'd oh. be Braveheart guy. Oh, paint his face half blue or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he'd probably dress up as his dad, and then um, it would be uncomfortable. We would all know the surge was still on. Soot everywhere. Oh. Yeah, or the, or the the like the coonskin cap. 
like a raccoon yeah. hat. Yeah, he could do that. He's probably got one of them in the closet. Um, <laughs> Time to break it out. I, uh, yeah, maybe Boba Fett. I can't, I just keep going back. Keep Star, going back to Star, Star Wars. Wars. Well, damn, only got me on the Star Wars training. Yeah, Boba Fett, something like that. Han Solo. I think he might have dressed up as Han Solo, honestly. Just the black. I don't vest. think he's ever dressed up a day in his life. It happened one time. His dad beat him, and that was the end of it. Do you think Jimbo ever saw uh, Star Wars? He's, he's like, he's hey, Damien, you got to be Lando Calrissian. Come on. <laughs> we're going to go together. <laughs> Damien's like, man, I've never even seen that movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, it seems like what was Jimbo's, what was Jimbo's final year at Samford? 87, right? 87, 88. Somewhere there. So, yeah, I think he would have been of the age to have seen Star He'd Wars. He'd have been like 12, 11 or 12 he, when he Star would Wars. Seen, he would have seen Star Wars, sure. Did, did, they, did they have the moving pictures in uh, West Virginia? I don't Virginia? know if they had moving pictures back then or where they were in West Virginia if they had electricity. So I, I don't – I don't hey, know. Let's not besmirch. Let's not besmirch the fine citizens of West Virginia. I'm sure we have a few listeners in that, in that state. Who are nodding their head. Yeah, if they can find a, if they know how to work a phone and get a say, podcast. I don't know if they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just joking, West Virginia. All right, so so let's talk about this pick game quickly, if we could. If Florida State is going to give up some points, just because they're out there on they the field. Florida State, yeah. Yeah, they're going to give up some points to, to Pitt's offense. W- what's the race to for Pitt, for Florida State's offense? I mean, you said, but I'm not going 28. There's no, the, Pitt's not scoring 28 points, Jeff. Come on, they're not man. scoring 28 Come points. Come on, man. What are you They've talking about? They've scored 22 about? points in their last two they games. They haven't faced a defense like this. They're not going to score 28 points. So what is I the I like that to? we ironically use that phrase, Corey. What? They <laughs> haven't faced a defense like this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, all right, so then what is the race to? Because, I mean, look, I don't think they're going to score 30-something 24, points. 24, 24. So they got to score. They got to figure out a way to score 24 points. Yeah, that might be like a tie. So twenty-five. Like if, he, if Florida State gets to twenty-five, they're gonna win. Yeah, twenty-eight is the number, man. I think I might have got it right. I I think you're in denial about the the ineptitudes. Um, I. They you didn't just, hear. Oh. You didn't hear about Warner to Fox. <laughs> yeah, you missed that. I keep overlooking that critical maneuver. <laughs> Look, it's not like Louisville just overwhelmed them or uh, with, with just inc- like I know Hawkins and Atwell are great. Yeah, they, but, and Pitt, like Pitt doesn't have either. But of those. that that seventy we yard touchdown to Atwell. Players. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that that seventy yard touchdown to Atwell is a seventy yard touchdown to ninety percent of the receivers in this country. Like he's just running free down the middle of the field on a second and twenty six. Anybody on Pitt's roster can turn that into a touchdown or at least get inside the 10. Maybe Atwell's speed got him around Travis J for the touchdown, but it was still going to be a 60-yard play. That Hawkins run, any receiver that actually has two working eyes is going to say, oh, this isn't working. Let me go. Oh, well, this whole left side is wide open. I'm just going to run. Pitt has guys on their roster that can do that too. It's not like they made incredible plays and that's why they moved the ball. They just had 11 guys on offense. That's how they move the ball. Okay, two things here can be. Sorry, true I'm so down, listeners. Two things can be true simultahere. First of all, this is not an explosive offense that Florida State is facing. They have struggled. No. They're struggling mightily now that their quarterback's hurt. They're not. They don't have unique talents out on the edges. So, okay, that's a fact. Florida State's defense is as bad as we've ever seen it. That too seems to be a fact. 
So we make average offenses and average talent look to be exceptional at times. But again, the level of poor play from Pitt on offense since their quarterback went down is such that you now have to kind of weigh it. It's a scale thing again, guys. We're yeah. back to the scale. Back to the sand. Weigh our ineptitude on defense with their average ability on offense. And where does that come out as? Is it 24? Is it 28? Is it 31? Here, what, what are we giving up? Here's what I'm telling you, boys. This, deep, this defensive line is going to rise up. Woo! Rise up. I've seen Pitt's offensive line. It is bad. This is domination. You're going to see it this Saturday. You're going to see. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting from the front four. I'm predicting a combined five tackles for loss from the front four. Would that equal total for the year? <laughs> it's a yes. new day, boys. It's a new day. This is uh, all right. Uh, uh, Pitt's going to Pitt. Pitt's, they're going to hold Pitt to uh, 13 points. That's what I'm seeing. Well, listen, one thing I will say, all seriousness, I, if you don't have the personnel, the time, the ability, whatever it might be, to run a more complicated scheme, to run a more sophisticated, nuanced scheme, you really can decide we're just going to run too high, your standard 4-3, and you guys are responsible for these things and execute it. Like, go play because we're going to be in this defense on every play. You remember the, the – listen, I understand it was different personnel, but the old Florida State defenses, Mickey Andrews wasn't, like, doing something so sophisticated that nobody could understand. They just had better players, right. and everybody knew what they were going to do. He allowed the defensive ends to pin their ears and get to the quarterback, and everybody else knew what they were supposed to do behind it. Miami, in their heyday, ran the same damn defense every week, but you couldn't do anything about it because their players were better than your players. I'm not saying if we simplified things to that extent that we would see this magnificent turnaround, but I do think you would see basic competence. I think you would see people who understood what they were supposed to do. And maybe just maybe you would make a team drive the ball 10 to 12 plays and they'll make a mistake. Um, you know, I, I think well, that was the, that was the theory against Miami. Well, they, they ran they a just, tight front with three men. Yeah. That was stupid. But it was just like, keep everything in front. Make them give them seven yards here, six yards here. But I, I would do that yeah. to Pitt though, Corey. And I, sure. I yeah. yeah, I would do that to Pitt. I would say you're not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna give up big plays. Don't I give mean, up easy points. Yeah. Don't give up easy points. Right. Yeah, especially against a, a Pitt team that has not proven they can move the ball consistently. What would Imagine. Mickey? What would Mickey have done if Ray? What if Mickey? If forty-nine-year-old Mickey Andrews was the defensive coordinator this year, and Raymond Woody did the finger wag. Would he be off the team? Would be would he be allowed to come out in the second half, or would would he just be sent to the locker room? Well, I think we saw towards the end of his career when things had gone south that you can only do so much, and that team on defense was awful. And we knew Mickey was a great defensive coordinator. They just didn't have personnel. We saw all kinds of things where you just put your hands to the sky. I mean, I, I kind of I do feel for Adam Fuller a little bit here. He's got some broken kids and not a depth of talent that he can turn to. And they didn't have a spring to install. So it, it it all adds up to this nightmare that we see. And, you know, what are you going to do? Run off every kid that pisses you off? You don't have enough good players as it is. I, I just, especially not during COVID, you're just, you're walking on eggshells. It's awful. Yeah, the interview we had with him last week, I, I did feel kind of bad for him because he was, he was talking about busts. And he was like, 
you know, sometimes you have a, a bust and the ball doesn't find it. You know, you, you, somebody blows an assignment in the secondary, but, but they were, they always find it. <laughs> so he yeah. said, he's like, every time we have one, but you know, then again, it's, this is, this isn't like there's one leak. This right. th- there's leaks springing out all over the place. Yeah, so they're, they're you can kind of pick your, pick your bust. Let's get to the uh, headliner questions. We'll do it next. Stay with us. Seminal headlines. will take a breather more next. 